Hey everyone, I'm Jesse Sparks, host of the new podcast, The One Recipe, from the team behind The Splendid Table. This pod is all about that one recipe that you lean on. The one you share with friends, the one you make when you need a little love, and the one you know will work every single time. Every week, I talk with chefs and gifted cooks from all over the world about their one and the story behind it. We're here to help you build your kitchen library one dish at a time. Follow The One Recipe wherever you get your podcasts. The world is a dumpster fire. I'm Amy. And I'm Grace. And we want to help. And fair warning, our help comes with some strong language attached. So if you don't know me by now, turn this podcast off because we're going to say some things. As a reflex to the fucking madness on the news, we're keeping it positive, uplifting, but opinionated. We talk about cultural moments we love. Talk to people we adore. Crushes we have. And self-care we stand. During these trying times, ugh, we all need a show that focuses on joy. Don't we know it? This is The Antidote. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another week. And it has been a week. <laughs> oh, Lord. It has been a 2022. You know what I'm saying? It has been a 2022. I really hope y'all are like on vacation somewhere, like elongated vacation, and you haven't come back from your 4th of July activities and you're still like on a beach somewhere enjoying life. Yeah, we wish that for you. But you know, you got to tap into some of these simple pleasures. Like both Amy and I had the most delish vegan chocolate chip cookies the other day. Um, yes, we did. Oh my gosh, they were so good because there was salt on top. There was maldon. Yeah, there was maldon of, salt you know, sprinkled on top. Yeah, yeah, like you know the the salty with the sweet, you know. Yeah. And then it's also like they came out kind of warm too, so it's yeah. like melty and you know the kind where you have to use like three napkins for one cookie, and they were like a mm-hmm. good size too. They were really big. I was like. For me, sometimes a big cookie is overwhelming because mm-hmm. I love a cookie is my favorite dessert above everything. Mm-hmm. But when they're too big, I'm like, I feel this pressure to eat it all in one sitting. And then I get like the sugar burn in my throat where I'm like, I've had too much sweet. Oh, sugar burn? <laughs> I don't even know what that is. I, I'm like, my body's really? just like, I could take all the sugar you could give me, girl. <laughs> like, just jam it in. But, oh, that's interesting to know that that a cookie is your favorite. I will file that away for the future. Uh, I'm not, I do enjoy a cookie, but I would say either a cobbler or a pie is my favorite. Oh, okay. I'm down with that. I, what I hate is when people are like, I like cake. I'm like, what? Uh, it's just like fluffy air. But <laughs> cobblers and pies are hearty. I just, Grace, can I tell you something? Wait, wait. This is not my antidote, but I had this inkling that this week was going to be some bullshit. Mm. And that when I went grocery shopping a couple days ago at Sprouts, they have like half pies. Oh, like yeah. You can buy yeah. half a pie. And I bought half an apple pie. And let me tell you what I had for lunch today. Not half of half of that apple pie. You know what? <laughs> All you're telling me right now is that you're a hero, okay? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> pie in the middle of the day, I stand. Yes. Uh, well, I'm like, now you made me want a cobbler. That'll be the next stop on my dessert journey. <laughs> Wait, you my didn't tell me as what, lunch what your favorite kind of cookie is. Um, as long it has to be soft. I'm not a crunchy cookie person. Like, what are we trying to do work yeah. while we enjoy a dessert? Yeah, those Let's are violence, stop. yeah. 
Yeah, it has to be pillow soft. Um, I really love a molasses or a ginger. Mm. I also will do like a vegan chocolate chip. I'm always like pleasantly surprised when it's amazing. But mm -hmm. I prefer a little spice in my cookie. Oh, I like it spicy. I like my cookies like I like my man. Spicy. <laughs> Black. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Well, dark brown because molasses cookies, they are brown. I like my cookies like I like my men. Brown, covered in sugar, and a little bit spicy. Oh, I could get on board with that. <laughs> well, now that we've uh, processed our desserts, uh, we can't have an antidote if we don't have something to get an antidote from. Starting now up top with our bummer news of the week. First up, the world's swimming body has banned transgender women from women's events. So just for some background, FINA, which is the International Olympic Committee for Swimming, decided to ban trans women from their events, um, and it was passed with a 71.5% approval rating. Under the policy, transgender women must show that they basically have not experienced puberty, and they said it was necessary to use sex and sex-linked traits to determine eligibility criteria because of the quote-unquote performance gap that appears between males and females during puberty. The policy has taken effect, and I'm disgusted. I'm just mad. Yeah, it just feels like one of these anti-trans laws and policies that seem to be sweeping the world, I guess. I thought we were the only ones fucked up in the U.S., but I guess <laughs> uh, it's made its way it's everywhere. It's over, honey. Yeah, and it doesn't seem that there is a transgender woman yet that has risen to that level. So it feels like it's just in case one of these ladies make it this high, yeah. we're going to say they can't play. Uh, it just seems so silly. And it also feels like where are transgender women supposed to compete, right? So if they can't compete with the women and then they can't compete with the men then where are they supposed to go? It feels like a way to, like a low-down way to exclude trans people from sports, just in general. I mean, unless they have a transgender league, which feels like segregation. So where are these women who are wanting to compete at this level, where are they supposed to go? They just can't compete? That feels like discrimination in its highest form. It 100% is discrimination. And as we've discussed, um, when legislation gets passed to control humans from literally doing the things that bring them joy, I'm going to get upset. When an athlete has decided to take on a sport as hard as swimming, um, as hard as anything at the Olympic level, and they actually are very good at it, no matter their gender, we as humans are equipped with a desire to compete mm -hmm. and a desire to even in some ways represent our countries where we're from, make ourselves feel pride in what we've accomplished. And they're not just stripping them of a chance to compete. They're also stripping them of that, the pride, yeah. the feelings that make you feel joy as a human to know that you've done something that other people can't do or might want to do, that you can inspire people. They're taking that yeah. away too. If someone that is different than what they think the quote-unquote norm is, um, is competing in a sport, then they're just like, let me try to make as many obstacles 
as I can for this person because they're good. So I, I don't know. I feel like there are athletes that are born with certain advantages. Like they have shorter muscles mm-hmm. or, you know, there are athletes. Well, Michael Phelps, his wingspan is crazy. Like his, they've done measurements. His arms are longer than the average humans. He's still allowed to swim. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. There are genetic advantages that certain athletes do have. Um, mm-hmm. And so... I don't even know the science to know that, you know, going through male puberty gives you an advantage. But I can say that there are a lot of people born with certain uh, hormonal or physical advantages that make them better athletes. And we don't stop them from competing because they are born with that thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, Yeah. So, yeah, this this feels like it's transphobic. I don't know. Feels like it it is. Yeah. Yeah. But that's not the only bummer news this week. There also has been a court ruling that Happy the Elephant from New York, Happy the Elephant, is going to remain at the Bronx Zoo because the court has ruled that she's not a human and therefore doesn't have rights to leave. Now, this story is like a little weird to me because basically there's this elephant named Happy. She was happy, ain't happy no more. She doesn't sound but happy. But she was in captivity and has been in captivity since she was one year old and has been living at the Bronx Zoo for the last 45 years. Mm-hmm. There's only one other elephant at that zoo, mm-hmm. and that elephant and happy don't get along. Mm-hmm. So there have been people trying to advocate to say, hey, can happy either go back to an elephant sanctuary or somewhere where there are more elephants so that she can be surrounded by elephants that are like her. And the Bronx Zoo was like, nah, she ain't human. She don't have the right to decide where she goes. And also these people who actually know shit about elephants are trying to advocate for her and they won't let them. So this is bumming me out because it also, it just feels like discrimination against this poor baby elephant. That's wild. That is wild. And I don't even know why we're still doing zoos. (laughs) Like, can we can we stop doing zoos? I mean, I I feel like, you know, yes, it's nice when you are a child to go to the zoo and you can see the elephants or you could see the tigers or you could see the monkeys. Mm -hmm. But I mean, it's just nice to see them. Like, we're not thinking about the quality of life of these uh, animals. Like, we're just going to view them as as spectators when they have the right to be free, (laughs) too. So I feel like. What is the value of a zoo other than seeing an animal up close? You know, I I, I don't I don't think it's worth it. (laughs) Like it's a little cringe. I think zoos should go away. I even when I was a kid, the animals very often looked really sad. And I remember one time seeing a lion just running into this side of the cage, like just running into it over and over. And I was like, that lion is not okay. He don't want to be here. Yeah, Um, I have a different feeling about sanctuaries like where they're caring for the animal and they're around animals that are like them but a zoo where people are just like taking pictures and gawking and dumb teenagers are trying to crawl inside the cage and then getting mauled i'm just kind of like can we can we stop i'm with grace i wanted to stop let happy go yeah let happy go let happy be happy yeah uh how do you feel after hearing all of this um i feel unhappy (laughs) Uh, how about you (laughs) feel like I'm in captivity in a cage called America. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, we're all here, girl. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, let's get into the antidote. So this is the segment where we tell you about the culture we consumed and things we did this week that made us feel better about the bummer news. Tell me, Grace, please make me feel good. What was your (laughs) antidote this week? Asana. 
Ooh. I love a sauna and I don't I can't even really? really explain it. It's just like I love sweating and I love the heat. It always just makes me feel so <laughs> relaxed. Two of my least favorite thing. Yeah, I like it <laughs> it feels like so relaxing and and yummy and I and you know, like my muscles sort of melt. Um it's so good that uh, I did mm-hmm. go earlier this week, but I'm going to go again tonight because it was a really Wait, tough what? day. Did you just like discover a, a sauna near you or? Yeah. Well, I had been to this particular location before, um, but I don't know, like these little reminder emails that sometimes businesses send you like will uh-huh. actually work. It's this place called Pause. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I live, you know, a couple miles away from it. And so... Like you get your own little personal sauna and a little plunge pool. So you go in, you close the door. Mm -hmm. So you have your own little space and they have towels and they have like a little little basket for all your belongings. And then there's a Mm -hmm. cold plunge pool and there's an infrared sauna and it's just you. What? And so you go in and, you know, so I wear my little bathing suit. I went in there. I sat in the sauna. For I think the way they describe that you should do it with the plunge pool is that you go in the sauna for like nine minutes, then go out and you go in the plunge pool for like 30 seconds because it is like painfully cold. 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 So you shouldn't really stay in there longer than three minutes. So you go in there and then you go back into the sauna. And so you go alternate back and forth between the pool and the sauna. And it really is great because, you know, I've been doing this – Floor Boot Camp on Peloton, which is a combination mm-hmm. of um, cardio and weights. And mm-hmm. I did it the first time and it was like, oh my God, it was so sore for like three days. But what the sauna plus plunge pool combination does is that it helps with recovery because you're like shocking mm. your body in both directions. And also just the sauna, like the warmth of it, like stretching and mm-hmm. stuff in the sauna can really help with recovery. But um, yeah, it just really woke up my body and I felt so blissed out and relaxed that I got a package. So that's the reason why I'm going back tonight. So yeah, it just brought me a lot of peace. Also, because it's your own little room, I had like my phone. I, I don't put it in the sauna with me because it'd probably break the phone. But there was like a little <gasps> gap. Oh in the like yeah. between the floor and the door of the sauna. So I just put on like one of my favorite podcasts, Why Won't You Date Me with uh, Nicole Byer. Oh my God. Our, our friend. Uh, and so I like literally just sat there and laughed and listened to the podcast while I was in the sauna. So it was just like uh, my little pod of um, deliciousness. And so the reason why I haven't been to the sauna uh, is because, um, you know, usually it's a, it's a, a a community activity that, you know, you're usually yeah. in there with multiple people. And I'm just like, yeah. if there's anywhere where COVID <laughs> could spread, uh, easy uh, as fuck. Uh, it's going to be in this hot-ass room where we all got fevers. <laughs> exactly. It's going to be in that hot-ass room. There's no air circulating. It's literally yeah. being kept inside. Um, it's also mm-hmm. the reason why I haven't done hot yoga in two years. And that is my favorite kind of yoga. I love hot yoga. That's like my favorite kind. Um, I don't know what mm-hmm. it is about me. Maybe it's my Caribbean blood or whatever. I just really like, I don't enjoy heat as a concept, like in the weather, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I don't like to be super hot 
But like when I choose it, Mm -hmm. (laughs) like when I'm going into a sauna or steam room, it just feels so good and relaxing. And I felt like so many endorphins. It almost felt like I was like taking an antidepressant or like I'd had like three drinks or something. It just made me feel almost like drunk with like how good my body felt after it. And of course, um, I'm a nerd. So I did some research on um, the benefits of the sauna. And it turns out like people who use sauna have lower incidences of heart problems. Um, It helps with recovery from workouts. You have to probably sauna more than I'm willing to sauna. Yeah, I'm like, I'm not like down with sitting in the heat all day, but if it actually has these health benefits. Yeah, it has really great health benefits. It's like good for your skin. It's like, you know, um, Mm. we have all these Mm. uh, toxins in our bodies. It helps like Mm -hmm. sweat it out. Like, And then it just makes me feel really good. So there's health benefits and it just really improves my mood. So um, I'm going to try to do it at least once every other week. And, you know, I've always said that um, when I buy a house, I want to have a room where I can have a sauna at home. So I could do it even more than I do it. I really love it. So that was my antidote, girl. What was yours? Well, this is about to be a bougie self-care gym slash sauna antidote minute because my antidote this week was a private Pilates class. Mm. I, through the pandemic, I, you know, I gained the COVID-19. I got a little chunky around my middle and I hate it. Um, I hate it not because necessarily the weight gain itself but it represents stress to me Mm. and um and it represents like not healthy eating so I started going back to the gym earlier or late last year and then the mask mandate lifted so I stopped doing classes because I felt really unsafe in the gym with no mask on like because literally at my gym it's like it's a glass box and just people just like hawking loogies out Mm -hmm. of their mouths as they're two feet away from another person like sharing weights like yeah gyms are disgusting you have to go through trials to be fit and I don't like trying hard um, at anything physical so the gym has been difficult for me lately but one of the things I missed is I had just started taking Pilates Mm -hmm. at my gym. I'd never done Pilates before. And all these people had told me, oh, I think you like Pilates. And I used to dance when I was younger. And Pilates feels like dance conditioning. Like Mm -hmm. it's stretching. But like a lot of the moves are very similar to the stretches you do when you are a dancer. Mm -hmm. And it felt very like in a weird way new, but also in some ways familiar to my body Mm -hmm. um, because of my background as a dancer. And I really was like excited to like embark on this Pilates journey and then the mask mandate lifted. But then I realized in my gym at the time did not have private instruction or anything, Mm -hmm. but they just got a private Pilates instructor. And I was like, I think I'm going to splurge and do it. I think I just want to know if it feels similar, if it's fun, like what it'll feel like to me personally um, as someone who like sometimes needs someone to be looking at me specifically to like adjust my form and whatever and it was wonderful and my instructor is a former dancer too and so like (laughs) she's just she knows 
Like, I don't dance anymore. Like, mm. I cannot do the splits. I cannot do a pirouette. I will fall over. But dance was my shit for, like, 10 years of my mm. life. And so this Pilates instructor knows, like, my instinct to always point my toes and, like, why I'm always turning out my feet and all these things. And and she tends to give instruction in a, like, kind of dancey terminology way. Mm-hmm. And it just literally makes me feel like I'm getting ready to dance again, even though, Aww. girl, that ain't gonna happen. But it makes me feel that way. And it made me really happy. And it was hard working on the reformer machine. Mm-hmm. And then there's another mach- machine that I forgot what it's called. Maybe it's called the Cadillac. I don't know. But that's a car. But it might, it might be called the Cadillac. Working out on these two different machines and then having someone there who's adjusting you. I was like, oh, maybe I'm going to become a private Pilates bitch. Like, it's not cheap. But also in this world, as we have learned from um, certain guests we've had, that things that very often people consider luxuries are things that we should enjoy and appreciate. And I was like, oh, I think... I bought a couple packages, like just like you did. Like mm-hmm. I did it the one time and I bought a little six session package to be like, okay, I'll at least do it six times and then I'll assess. So yeah, I'm really excited to keep exploring Pilates. And I'm that. glad you get to keep exploring your sauna. Yeah. Love it. Well, guys, we'll be back after this break. Welcome back to The Antidote. We have a special guest today. Who is it, Grace? Our guest today is TikTok's BFF, who says she was put on this earth to make everybody feel more comfortable at the dinner party that is life. Watching her TikTok is like having a glass of wine and kikiing with your best friend. And since Amy and I love a girlfriend kiki, (laughs) we we are so happy to have her with us. With uh, 1.4 million followers and counting, her account is the go-to place for pop culture gossip and relationship advice. She's the official TikTok host for InStyle. Please welcome the heartfelt and hilarious Teffy. That's so nice. It's all true. It's like you knew, just for listeners, because this is a podcast, so you don't know what I saw. The minute that Grace said, uh, watching her TikTok is like having a glass of wine. Teffy drank from a glass of wine. Yes, we love. It was fucking brilliant. <laughs> Why don't I have wine? I should go get some wine. I'm like, telling you, what? like, I've had such a week. I was like, I was talking to my project manager, Shannon, and I was like, uh-huh. 4.59. 4.59, we're popping it. We're popping yes. it. It is that That's right, so it week. can be in the glass. And ready to be consumed right at 5 p.m. Five on the dot. You know, five on the dot because it's a weekday. But you know what? Who cares? It's always five o'clock somewhere, as they say. It's 1,000%. It's always 4.59 somewhere. And I always like to tell people. My favorite thing is it's 4.59 somewhere. And then I always say Miami wasn't built in a day. I don't care about Rome. Yeah, why are we talking Miami about Rome? That's all the built. way over there. And I don't know anybody in Rome. literally still being built. So. <laughs> they find know? a way. Yeah. Did you know that Solange's song, I keep telling everybody this because I found out, Solange's song, Cranes in the Sky, is about the cranes over the city of Miami because Miami oh. is being built. Why? Yes, because she's also a cancer. And I yes. keep notes. I keep tabs on my cancer girls. Like, I'll yes. read my horoscope. And I'll be like, oh, me and Selena Gomez are not having a good day. Like, I, like, literally. <laughs> literally. But, yeah, Solange is, like, one of my one of my girls. Like, sometimes when yeah. I'll be reading it, it's like, 
talk to your family today. I'm like, oh, Solange, we got to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Reaching out over the cosmos for your... Literally. Um, yeah. That's Literally. So if Solange can pull through the day, like I can find it within me, you know? Completely. If she can do it, we can do it. Uh, I completely mm-hmm. agree. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you. let's check in first, mm-hmm. okay? You're very, mm-hmm. very accomplished, but we're not here to talk about your many, many accomplishments. We're here to talk about how you're feeling today, okay? Like for real, not small talk. Is there anything how weighing am on I you? F- feeling. Yeah. I think so for a long, so I'm somebody who I can hold on to like a lot of old energy. And mm-hmm. I think sometimes mm. when I'm trying to think about how I felt or how I felt in a certain situation, mm-hmm. I can tap into that memory in, in such a like real way. I can really like yeah. use my root chakra and like ground myself and really yeah. go back there. Then instead, like, instead of like letting that go, and moving on, like, okay, that's how I felt. I'm glad that I got to the bottom of it. I'll carry it around with me almost mm-hmm. to kind of like take care of that version of myself, even if it was from months ago. Mm-hmm. So I can feel myself holding on to like all this old energy and I know what I have to do. Mm-hmm. I know I have to go to the gym mm-hmm. to l- physically like yeah, let to go physically get it out. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes when you have like a heavy heart, I'll like um, like tap on my heart. I'm like, you got to shake it. You got to kind of shake it out. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And disperse that. So I know I have to go to the gym mm-hmm. because it's such a great place to, I like while I'm running, while I'm working out, I'm physically imagining mm-hmm. the energy coming out with my sweat, like anything. So I can see it, see things in a clear mind. Right. Mm-hmm. But I have issues with the way that I view my body. So mm-hmm. I know if I start working out, I'm also tapping into like a frenemy of mine. Yeah. I call it the the Heidi to my LC. You know oh what I mean? Oh my gosh. <laughs> so it's like, hey girl, I always love hanging out with you, but when I leave, I feel a little fucking obsessive, you know? So mm-hmm. I'm like, uh, so I went to the gym today and mm-hmm. the whole time I was like, okay, think about it in ways where like, if you're really having like a hard food day and like, I'll, instead of calling like it's strawberries, I'll call it folic acid because it benefits yes. me. Like this is great mm-hmm. for my eyesight. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm at the gym and I'm like, this is, I'm running. Right. Mm-hmm. Because climate change, if the waters are coming, I got to be I fast. need to be able to run. I'm running. I'm running. You know what I mean? Like I'm you have obsessed. to make it besides <laughs> Besides making it about size or whatever, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Besides, it's, it's more about like, well, if I'm running in the woods and I'm doing the zigzag because someone's shooting at me, this is where this comes in handy. You know That's what I mean? so smart. Da, 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 da. So I, I did so all funny. that. I think, I think I, I'm proud of myself about like a, being able to like reframe things. It took um, everything except electroshock therapy. It took everything. <laughs> everything oh. but a lobotomy. I am so um, working on that. The reframe. It's the reframe. Oh gosh, it's so important. But it's exhausting. <laughs> this show <laughs> is called The Antidote because life is hard and mm-hmm. we all need different antidotes to deal with mm-hmm. the bullshit. So it sounds like... Um, for sure, going to the gym is an antidote for you. But what is another antidote that you have? Meaning, what is something non-work related that's bringing you joy this week, this month, or this year? Non-work related. Mm-hmm. God damn it! Have you been talking to my mom? She was like, <laughs> "What?" Are-? Literally, my mom. She was like, "What makes you happy?" I'm like, "Going to work." And then she's, she's like, "Other than work," and I'm like, "And then I go to sleep." Um, I think. <laughs> You know, I was just, somebody the other day asked me, uh, what makes you happy? Mm-hmm. The happiest, the happiest that I am is sitting at a 
table eating with my friends. It is my Mm. favorite thing in the entire world. Mm. Every time that I am sitting with my, I don't call them my best friends. I call them my non-negotiables, right? Because I feel like BFF, for me, when I I hear like BFF or whatever, I'm like, you guys are going to break up. But my non-negotiables mean that I will work (laughs) towards fixing, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's right. so I'm, when I sit with them and I'm in one of our apartments, there's eight of them and some very yes. rarely we're, we're all together. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, the stars just aligned. It was not planned, but we were all together like last Monday mm-hmm. and I'm looking around and it's like one of those moments where you're like, this is a great place for like the movie to end. So, you know, the character is going to be okay. Like that that moment, you know what yeah. I mean? And it zooms out, you know, <laughs> I grew up watching lifetime. I love that you don't, there that are times where it's like, that, you know, like, when, sore. yes, yeah. when someone does like, someone says that one joke and the whole table mm-hmm. laughs and you're just like, this is the end of the movie. This is it. <laughs> you're good. Like you're good. I think I appreciate that so much too, because like I'm on the internet so much and mm-hmm. I'm, I try to read comments all the time and people are like, Oh, um, you should not read comments. I'm like, have you ever heard of an engagement rate? Okay, never mind. Mind your business then. Because, <laughs> um, but I'll be looking through comments, and so many people say, I don't have any friends, and I didn't oh. recognize. Um, I'm always the, the group of friends that I'm talking about, my mm-hmm. non-negotiables. I've known them since I was in elementary school. Mm-hmm. They're the same people. Yeah. Um, some of them a little in college, but that's mm-hmm. like the latest, you know, mm-hmm. and. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking, I, I look around my friends and it, things happen where my mom will call one of them and she's like, it's your mom. Oh, she just said something so funny. I'm like, mom, call me. You know, like it's so. <laughs> That's it's how so, tight knit you are. Yeah. But a lot of the times I recognize too that I avoid them because people that you don't know well will not be able to tell if something's wrong, but your friends will. So mm-hmm. I'd rather hang out with an acquaintance. So oh, they'll be like why are you avoiding me? And I'm like, no reason. They're like, so FaceTime me. I'm like, no. (laughs) No. They're like, oh, there's something. They know how to call you on the thing. I know. So sometimes I'll be in New York. And even though this makes me the most happy, this dinner party, like that is my antidote. Having a glass of wine, the conversations that we have that people who really know us can be too much. So I'll avoid it. I'll avoid my antidote sometimes. Mm-hmm. That's so interesting. I mean, I, I, we haven't talked about mm-hmm. that at all. And I have to say, I, I agree with you. Like there are mm-hmm. times where even the things that I love and it's, it's not super healthy, I guess, but there are times where I'm like, I almost feel like I don't deserve the antidote because like, mm-hmm. I haven't like been productive enough this week or like, mm-hmm. I didn't get this thing I wanted or whatever. And I'll mm-hmm. withhold myself from experiencing a thing that gives yeah. me joy. Yeah. And I yeah. think that's so much of what we're trying to counteract even by Grace and I even having this podcast and forcing ourselves to have weekly antidotes is like, no, you will self-care, bitch. You know, it's like, we, are <laughs> yeah. like, we have oh, to find a oh, way. Oh, you have a guest <laughs> we this have week. To find a way. You have because to find a way. that can happen. Like, the Tessie, that literally, you will self-care, bitch. Exactly. <laughs> get into it. And it's like, that can happen. And I, I love that you're calling that out because this thing that you love, that brings you so much joy. But sometimes you're like, but it sees me too clearly and I got to step away. 
Starting during the height of the pandemic, you became an antidote for a lot of people, you know, because your your channel started in 2020 during mm-hmm. everything. Um, mm-hmm. And I was just curious. What happened? <laughs> what happened? Like what we were happened? going through a little something back then. I can barely remember. Uh, it's not like we're still going through it right now. Um, but do you think that TikTok will stay your platform or do you have plans to like grow your brand um, elsewhere? Oh my God, no. So, um, of course, Mm -hmm. of course, if, fine, if Meryl calls, I'll do the movie. (laughs) Fine, (laughs) fine, you know? But um, I I am, I'm working on things with Mm -hmm. other, like, networks, and Mm -hmm. I I am getting more into, like, scripted stuff or whatever, but I always say, like, I will always be on TikTok. The only skill that I have is, like, being myself. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? That's the only skill. If you pulled up Excel right now, I'd start crying. I'd start bawling. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? So when it comes to TikTok, uh, you get to a certain point where you meet people who it's kind of like a, a PR in a way. Mm-hmm. They, right. They'll assign you with somebody who is um, kind of like, how can I help you? What do you want to do? And how can I help you? Mm-hmm. We have this brand deal. Like if you, if you mm-hmm. like for me, I said, I wanted to host red carpets and it was TikTok. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was TikTok that said, we have yeah. a partnership with Warner brothers. Why don't I introduce you? Why don't we have a meeting with them? So it was TikTok that put me on my first red carpet to interview That's people. Awesome. That's so and cool. they said, literally they said, what's your experience? And I said, Oh, I've done hours of interviewing in the shower. <laughs> like, please. <laughs> oh, please. You know what I mean? Like basically none. So when, and to this day, like once a week, I have a meeting with people from TikTok. And when I tell you, they sit with me and they're like, how can we make sure? And it's not about like how we should, they sign me up for projects that don't even use TikTok. Mm-hmm. Like, how can we make sure that your dreams come true? I've never had people care about me like wow, that. That's so that's cool. cool. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, okay, wait. My publicist, my manager, and my assistant—they're <laughs> like, hey. Hey, like, hey, hey, man, hey, we're right my mom here. definitely cares. <laughs> um, so when it comes to TikTok, not only am I in a place where I I um, love my audience there, but I owe TikTok everything. Yeah, like, awesome. if TikTok was like, oh, can you come? Uh, can you come? serve coffee at the office I'd be like I would love to make you a latte you know what I mean like <laughs> girl you don't don't you dare serve them coffee <laughs> they didn't well, it'd, coffee. Be, it'd be bad it would be like you know how like be like okay Murray, we will never ask Tevi to do that again yeah exactly <laughs> Bill Murray was at bartending at this bar in Brooklyn it's like a, fa- a famous story it was like his son was opening a bar and no yeah. matter what anyone ordered it'd be a tequila shot that's yeah. like what I would do at the coffee shop I was like You're here's like- your black coffee <laughs> I didn't make like, it myself I went coffee. to Starbucks <laughs> exactly I exactly. made coffee at Starbucks but you know exactly. what you offered you offered and that it's <laughs> I, did. I did do you have anything coming up you want to tell us about anything you'd like to plug it can even be something you just love not something you created uh damn it i was unprepared i feel like um has everybody checked out um, netflix so yeah. Yeah, yeah let's plug netflix they need help right now their stock is in the gutter <laughs> <laughs> they do. They do. But let me tell you, if Blockbuster comes back, I'm switching up so freaking fast. The head will spin. Yeah. Okay. But absolutely not. I have nothing to plug. I'm Hello Teffy on Instagram and Twitter. 
and TikTok. And, and like, if you have a funny meme, send me a meme. I love a good meme. A meme, like my mom says. I love that. Okay. Well, thank you so much. This has been amazing. Bye. Yes, thank, thank you so you. much. Bye. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Okay, to close this out, we're doing our creative tap-in, which is our segment about creativity. Amy, are you ready for this week's quote? Yeah, girl, hit me. Creativity is a wild mind and a disciplined eye. And that's by Dorothy Parker. Hmm. I'll say it again. Creativity is a wild mind and a disciplined eye. Dorothy Parker. Dorothy Parker sounds like a Virgo to me because <laughs> I agree with this quote. I, I, I like the idea. It literally is saying to like <laughs> what I perceive it as mm-hmm. the disciplined eye is education and mm-hmm. education in any form. It doesn't have to be formal education, like getting a degree. Um, it could be classes. It could be, you know, reading a book about the thing you want to be creative about. But I think that wild mind and it's really hard to hold both, especially mm-hmm. once you gain traction in the field of your choice to that wild mind is what got you there. Mm -hmm. And that disciplined eyes will will keep you there. Mm -hmm. And so it's hard. Like it's something that I struggle with, like returning to my voice after writing on a show, Mm -hmm. like how, what are the things that make my inner clock tick um, Mm -hmm. and makes me stay like creatively free. Um, And then how do I retain all the things that I learned Mm -hmm. to be disciplined about my execution? Mm -hmm. Like that's what I, I think of. It's interesting that it says creativity is a wild mind and a disciplined eye. Mm -hmm. Um, I almost feel like an artist, an artist is a creative wild mind and a disciplined eye. But Mm -hmm. let me not uh, rewrite the quote. (laughs) Um, Dorothy, I'm going to leave it to you. But I just, I do think that being creative for profit or Mm -hmm. with, um, you know, uh, with a career objective behind Mm -hmm. it kind of requires that disciplined eye. I think it does. Mm -hmm. What does it make you think, Grace? Well, uh, this made me think about how when you are first being a creative um, and you've gone to like school, like I went to film skew. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I went to school um, and you learn all these rules about how you should build a character and how you should have a scene. And they're different for comedy and they're different for, from drama. And there's just so much to learn. Also, you learn about shots and, you know, how to put it in a script and, right. you know, what the director does versus what you do. And so there's all this learning that you do, and then it starts all over again because school does not per- prepare you for being a creative out in the wild. Um, I feel like what happened to me is that I developed a very disciplined eye. So I was writing with a lot of technique, a lot of rules in my head, a lot of things. So I feel like when I look at my earlier attempts, there was no no wild mind in there. It was just like, you go from A to B, your character. Like, I was writing in complete sentences. Like, it didn't sound mm-hmm. like how people talk. Mm-hmm. And I started out with the wild mind, like you said, like we all do as children. Like, you just are creative by nature. You play, you make little 
I used to make little soap operas with my Barbies back in the day. Um, (laughs) And basically schooling tames that wild mind. So for me, there was a clicking in that happened, I don't know, maybe about six or seven years ago where I was so frustrated and I felt like my work was just like, I'm doing all the things right. Like, why isn't it as good as I want? And I was just like, oh, I have to embrace the play. I have to embrace the wild mind um, of when I didn't know all the rules in order for your work to be good. So I think that this is perfect encapsulation of what I didn't know I was missing at the time. Um, I thought I knew all the ways to do it and and all the rules. And I had read all the screenplay books and I was a A student in film school. And so I was just like, why isn't it why isn't it magical? It's just competent. It wasn't magical. And so I realized that I had to bring back the wild mind in order for my work to be not just confident, but to inject the magic and the the uniqueness of myself that wasn't coming through because I was paying attention to too many of the rules. So thank you, Dorothy wow. Parker. I'll remember. I'll keep remembering. I love that. Yeah. That's beautiful. Thank you, Dorothy Parker. Thank um, you, Dorothy Parker. I have just learned a thing about myself as well that I need to uh, get a little more wild. I think we all can get a little bit more wild. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, uh, thanks for listening to The Antidote. We hope that this injected a little bit of joy into your week. I know it did mine. How about you, Amy? I feel good, girl. We should do this again sometime. Oh, we'll be here next week. And in the meantime, if you'd like to follow us on social, follow me, Grace, at Gracie Act. That's G-R-A-C-Y-A-C-T. And follow me, Amy, at Amy Aniobi. That's A-M-Y-A-N-I-O-B-I. If you like feeling good about yourself, please subscribe at Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Goodbye. And keep in touch with your non-negotiables. The Antidote is hosted by us, Amy Aniobi and Grace Edwards. It's produced by Jenna Hanchard, and our associate producer is Taylor Polidor. Our executive producer is Eric Krauss, and our editor is Erica Janik. Sound mixing by Derek Ramirez. Digital production by Mishu Sayuni. Talent booking by Marion Ways. Our theme music was composed and produced by TT the Artist and Cosmo the Truth. APM studio executives in charge are Chandra Kavati, Alex Shafford, and Joanne Griffith. Concept created by Amy Aniobi and Grace Edwards. Send us your antidotes, please, at antidoteshow.org. And remember to follow us on social media at The Antidote Pod. That's the with two E's. The Antidote is a production of American Public Media. Peace out.